Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Those who use the things of this world. Corinth was a very busy city, a very commercial city. And, and, and a city of, 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 of continual commerce. And he said, those of you who use the things of this world as if not engrossed by them. So it's, it's how you hold it, and it's whether or not it has a hold on you. Now, what we do in marriage is we turn the marriage into something that it was never meant to be. I should call this series meant, meant to be. I should, have, I should have had the foresight to do that. We, we try to make marriage something it wasn't meant to be, and we try to make the other person something that they weren't meant to be. And so the Bible says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing, but we try to turn a good thing into a God thing. And then we set up the marriage as an idol in our life. And when the marriage can't give us what only God can give us, we become disappointed with the institution of marriage and the person that we're married to. And Paul says... You've got to hold this thing differently. Because if you hold it like this, and if you let it hold you like that, he, he's, he's using these examples. What a masterful preacher. Because I thought Paul was just going on a tangent about, like, you know, he's talking about marriage, and he's talking about babies, and he's talking about dying, and he's talking about buying stuff. And I'm like, well, which is it, Paul? He says, it's all the same thing. I'm trying to show you that, that, that in the complications of relationship and in the complications of life, keep it as simple as possible. Keep it. It's not, it's, it's not simple all the time, but approach it with a single eye and a single focus. So, so how do I know if I'm becoming unnecessarily complicated? Okay, N- number one, and I've got to list this quick. It's, it's my fab five. How to know if you're being unnecessarily complicated in a relationship. Flag on the play, okay? There's going to be a 15-yard penalty for each of these that you're guilty of. And do not nudge the person next to you. This list is for you. Find yours. It might be all five. (laughs) Unrealistic expectations create unnecessary complications. Preach somebody! (laughs) Scary. Unrealistic expectations. Amen? Amen? Of other people. Of other people. Well, you know, you're just not who I thought you were. Like you're who I thought you were. You don't look the same as you did in the window display either once I got you home. So, hey. Hey. But I thought you would always. I thought you would always. And we make a good thing a God thing. Unrealistic expectations of others. Unrealistic expectations of God. Some of you are expecting things from God that he didn't promise you. You're expecting him to make it easy. He never said the way would be easy. 
It just said that when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he would be there with you. Now, if you think he said he would always take you up high and he always would take you through the easiest route, the, the path of least resistance, you're going to be mighty disappointed because of an unrealistic expectation. It's not that God is limited. It's just that we don't sometimes understand how he's promised to operate. So we get surprised and caught off guard. And then we want to walk away from our relationship with God. Unrealistic expectations of others. Unrealistic expectations of your God. How about unrealistic expectations of yourself? Some of you are projecting your disappointment with yourself on other people. And you feel like everybody in your life is disappointed with you, frustrated with you, fed up with you. The reality is you're fed up with you. You're frustrated with you. You're disappointed with you because you're trying to do too much that God didn't call you to do. And now you're draining your relationships because your heart is like an, a leaky bucket because you've got so many expectations of yourself. You, you know, in marriage, what causes unrealistic expectations, of course, is unex, unexpressed expectations. We never just talk about it. You can actually be in a relationship with somebody giving them what you think they need from you and they don't even want it. And then neglecting to give them something that they really need. Like me and Holly, our, the majority of our tense conversations, I think, early in marriage, we never had like throw stuff across the room fights, but, but we used to get, I remember this question, such a simple question, used to cause so much unnecessary complication in our relationship. She would ask me, what do you want for dinner? Now, when I hear what do you want for dinner, I think you want me to choose what I want to eat. No. See, because marriage is subject to a lot of interpretation and there's a lot of guesswork involved. And so I would just answer because I think this is an essay question. And so I say, uh, pork chops? No, I like the pork chops. She's a great cook. She wanted, she wanted to do a nice thing for her husband and cook and all of that. And so, but then she'd say, well, I don't have pork chops. I get that, so I'm like, well, um, pasta. Well, we're out of angel hair. I have to go to the store. You have to go to the store. Um, can we make this multiple choice? Because, and it took us years. She, I mean, she's really trying to do what she thinks a wife should do. And she's like trying to give me food. But what she didn't know, there is only one thing that I really need dinner to be. Soon. That's it. Soon. Now, I don't care. I don't care what it is. Beef jerky, just now. Peanuts, just now. I can subsist. I can compromise. I just can't starve. It took us years, didn't it? It took us years to realize you're trying to be helpful, and, I, and I'm trying to be considerate, but, but really it was just a... I mean, who knows if we would have got that years earlier, we might have had seven kids. I don't know, though. It could have been a whole different marriage. Oh, we got it now. Unre everybody say, unrealistic expectations create unnecessary complications. I had to really think about it. That's a pretty complicated point. How ironic. Unrealistic expectations. How about imaginary scenarios? You ever deal with any of those? It's unnecessary complication. <laughs> you're, you're allowing your energy to be eaten away by something that may not ever happen to you. And even if it does happen, why live through it twice? Once in your mind and once in your real life. 
I don't need a preview. Sucks enough as it is. And um, I know we got to think about things and think into the future, but we can't live in the future. We can't affect the future in the future. We can only affect it from now. So all this time we spend playing out stuff. There's all these conversations you have with yourself in your head. You know, I wonder who's texting him at this hour. Sounds hideous. Have you seen that commercial? She sounds hideous. What if, 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 what if. You know, I remember the Old Testament prophet Elijah. He went running one time. He went running from a woman called Jezebel, and Jezebel said she was going to kill him, and so he was scared he was going to die, so he ran. But years later, Jezebel died, but Elijah never died. When the Lord wanted to take him, he took him up to heaven in a whirlwind. He was one of the only people in history that didn't actually die. God just took him, and so he, 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 went, he went to heaven, but without dying, and God spoke to me one time about that thing. He said, you know what? Sometimes you're running from something that you're never even going to have to face. You're going to create complications by messing with it. Some of us, we create complications in our relationship by actually thinking that our wives want their problems solved. They don't. They want their problems heard. So just do it like this, just like one-word answers. And she's walking you through the thing, you know, with her mom or with whoever. Just go, what? Crazy. Stop. No. And she'll think you're the best. Try it for a week. That's your MMA, Monday morning application. Limit yourself to those four words. What? No. Stop. Crazy. And good things will happen. It'll lead to a duty call. Sorry, I get loose on the last week. Imagine it. So, so I've been, you haven't noticed, but I've been preaching from a new device today. I'm trying to, I got this big iPhone, the 6 Plus. I'm so dysfunctional, and I know it. Like, okay, I want the little iPad and the big phone. What's wrong with me? <laughs> Why? Well, I do actually have a good reason for this. I want to have all my sermons on my phone, and the little phone, I can't see it good enough. But I feel like on this phablet, I might be able to just preach from my phone. And what would be awesome about that is I could be a portable preacher. So, like, any time, like, I could keep my sermons in my back pocket. And then if I run into you in the grocery store and say maybe you're going through a challenging time, I could just whip it out like a little pistol. And in the grocery store, church can break out, and I'll have a sermon for you. I'm going to try it on, on, on my phone. Tell somebody next to you, say, whip it out. No. 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 Um, they showed me, and, and I kind of wonder, you know, do I really need the new phone? But I think I do because how many of us can just agree together in Jesus' name? That group texting is from the devil. It does not come from God. He is not pleased with it. It is not a blessing. It is a part of the curse. But on the new, because up until now, at the old operating system, you, you just were stuck. If you, got, if you got caught up in a group text, 
about who's bringing the baked beans. It was just, you know, 19 rounds of awful. And, uh, but nine more, because they got the, I got to show you this. Put it on the screen. With the, um, this is a group text between me and um, Chunks and Huey Lewis, you know, Ms. Larry Hubecka, and Wade Joy, you know, Ms. Bill Strickland, and Josh Blackson, come Yoshi. Josh Blackson is the worst texter ever, by the way. <laughs> Amen. He is indecipherable. If you ever get a text from him, delete it. Save your brain. It is Arabic, people. It's horrible. And so, but look, you could do it on a group text. And, you know, before it was just back and forth. So we were group texting on something the other day. But look, they showed me this on the new operating system. And I'm sorry for the Apple product placement here. But look at the bottom of the screen. Do you see that option there? It wasn't on there before. But there's a new option for group text. And it's called Leave This Conversation. Thank you, Jesus. Giddy with excitement about this new button. You know, God told me to tell you, you need to find this button in your mind. You need to find this button. Because there's some conversations that are going on inside of you that are complicating your thought process. And they're messing with you. And they're sabotaging you. And they're bringing you doubt and discouragement. And it's not even what's happening. It's just, what if, 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 what if. Oh, but you can find that button and say, no devil, I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm opting out of this nonsense. Come on, tell somebody next to you, I got one less problem without you. Imaginary scenarios, one less, one less problem. Uh-oh. You want the last ones? I can go quick. Do you want them? If you don't want them, I don't need them. I know I'm going to put them on the screen. All right. I, I'll go quick. This might be what's unnecessarily complicating your life. Approval addiction. You got too many people showing up in the stadium to watch you make your decisions. You got too many members of parliament. Well, what's my mom going to think? Well, what's my mom going to think? Well, what's her going to think? Listen, listen. You need to listen to other people. But you can't live or die by the approval of other people. I could talk about that. I'll talk about it another time. I'm here every week. Lisa can do it next week. She'll do it next week. Do it next week, Lisa. Do it next week. Regret and resentment. And I put them together because, well, regret is what I did that's distracting me from what I'm supposed to do. Resentment is what you did that's distracting me from what I'm supposed to do. But what they both have in common is they're both supposed to be behind me, not in front of me. That's what Paul said. He said, um... He said, he said, forgetting those things which are behind, I let go of that. You're holding on. Some of you are holding on to it the wrong way, and some of you are holding on to the wrong thing. You're not supposed to hold on to anything back there. How can you take hold of what's out there? And so it's, it's, it's letting go back here. So, so we come into relationships, and we bring all of these other people with us. Some of you are punishing your wife for something that your first wife did or didn't do. Distrusting and mistrusting your husband because of something that your father didn't do. 
we'll never take hold of God's power in our relationships while we're holding on to regret and resentment or while we're holding on to toxic secrets. The stuff inside, it, it complicates life because, see, now my life is about hiding. And there are men in the church who are irritated and aggravated with your wife because there's something that you're hiding in your own life. And there are places that you're going. There are things that you're doing. I think that's why, you know, we all deal with sin in our lives. But when you turn that sin into a secret, that's when it begins to sabotage you. Now, I see several people leaving. If you can give me five more minutes, I can finish this sermon. I'm still on time. That's why you've got to get in one of these e-groups, if you can, or get some people around you so that the sin doesn't become a secret so it can strangle you. Because the secret has power until you confess it. Then when you confess it, the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The only sin that God can't overpower is the one you won't confess. I said the only sin that the cross can't overpower is the one you won't confess. The only shame that that the grace of God cannot cover is the shame you won't confess. And so we bring it out into the light so that so that we can live Paul said in undivided devotion this is the goal undivided devotion undivided devotion not to live with undivided attention that's impossible it's not going to happen until you die then you'll only focus on Jesus but until then my attention is divided but my devotion doesn't have to be That's what he said, verse 35, final verse of the series. Sins for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live. This is what God wants for you, single, married. That you may live in a right way. What's the right way? In undivided devotion to the Lord. So my favorite marriage scripture that nobody ever preaches as a marriage scripture, because it's it's about two sisters, but I think it could really be about a husband and a wife, too. Let me just show it to you real quick. Jesus is stopping through, and he needs something to eat. And it says they were on their way. This is Luke 10:38. if you want to look it up later. All of you Sunday school people know where I'm going with this. But he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to Jesus. Is it a good thing or a bad thing to open your home to Jesus? Yeah. Think Martha loved Jesus? So, but she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Look how it said it. They had to be made. Like, you can't get away from your responsibilities. You can't check into a monastery after church today. You can't take a year-long sabbatical to get to... They have to be made. But the problem was her approach. She was holding. Watch, because... She came to him and she asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. That's crazy to me. Like, all in that one little conversation, we just saw all five of these things. 
unrealistic expectations. I thought she was going to help. Imaginary scenarios. The way I saw this playing out, approval addiction. Don't you care, Lord? Regret and resentment. I hate Mary. And then toxic secrets. I want to kill her. So they're all five right there. But look, he said, he said, Martha, Martha, verse 41. And I always heard preachers beat up on Martha. Martha, Martha. He didn't say it like that. I know he didn't. I know he didn't. Because she was about to feed him. Jesus loved Martha. Martha, Martha, Martha. Maybe I had to say it twice because first time she didn't hear. She's been busy talking. Martha. M Martha. You are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed or indeed only one. Now, I've been taught all my life to put Jesus first, but that doesn't work. Because that separates him out from everything else. Jesus, then my wife, then how does that work? Paul says, live as if Jesus was not first on your list, but that he was the center of your world. Not, not as if he was just first. Check, I went to church. Check, I read my Bible. Check, I prayed. Bring everything, all the relationships, all those needs, and make him the center. Few things are needed, or indeed only one. I hear you, Lord. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these secondary interests. Mary has chosen what's better, and it will not be taken away from her. For the world and the things therein are passing away, Paul said. But if we could get our focus and telling the church, if we could just have Christ-centered relationships, if we could make him the driving priority in our relationships, all these things, they'll line up. And they'll circle around the throne. And they'll have to bow to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Stand on your feet. I'm praying. We're closing. Thank you, Jesus, for every, every marriage, every relationship, every one of your children who today have heard your word. Now, I pray that this word would not just be heard, but that it would be obeyed. That you would search our hearts, Lord. Say it out loud. Search my heart, Lord. Be the center, Jesus. Now, Lord, we ask that, that you would come and take your rightful place in our lives. We've been distracted. We admit it. And can I tell you one more thing? Hey, look at me one more time. It wasn't that Martha wasn't supposed to serve Jesus. I think it's that Jesus wanted her to sit at his feet before she served. She, she just got it out of order. And maybe that's why your relationships are struggling, because you got it out of order. Can you, can, can you feel this? Is this, is this, that you got it out of order? So God, put us in order. We, we, want, we want to seek first at the center your kingdom and your righteousness. Thank you for your presence in this place. Well, I don't think there's any more powerful force in the universe than God's grace. Not only in our relationship to him, but in our relationship with one another. Hey, I really want you to get this DVD gift. We're making it available for a gift of any amount. It's a limited time offer. I'm telling you, this series really, really, really changed some people's lives. In our church, we heard testimonies of people who were planning on divorce, coming back together. I know a lot of the people who are single in our church received encouragement to embrace the season that they're in. It's all right here. This is a five-part series, uh, talks like Mary or Bird, 
how to save your husband, how marriage is a special assignment, how to deal with the conflict of interest that are all a part of our relationships. It's all right here, I'm telling you. It's a little edgy, but I believe that it's loaded with truth. We're going to give you some details on how you can get this offer for a gift of any amount just to support the ministry and help us do what we do, getting the message of Jesus out. We appreciate so much your support. I'd like to take a moment and pray with you, and then we'll give you more information on how you can get this special offer. Father, thank you today for the power of your grace in our lives. And as we've been given grace, may we give grace to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Married or unmarried, love is complicated. How do we build healthy relationships with the people we love while keeping God as our first priority? We'd like to share with you a new two-disc resource from our current series, Meant to Be. Included in this five-part teaching series, Pastor Stephen Furtick has open conversations to help us uncover the Bible's best-kept secrets about sex, marriage, and being single. Most of the emphasis when you talk about dating and marriage and singleness in culture seems to be on finding the right one. Most of the emphasis when you come to the scripture tends to be on being the right one. For a contribution of any size, we'll send you the five-part Meant to Be teaching series, which includes a teaching led by Pastor Stephen and his wife, Holly, where they share personal examples and scriptural insight on how we can invite God to work in our everyday relationship challenges. In this series, Pastor Stephen explains how we can learn what's truly meant to be when we put Jesus at the center of our lives. I've been taught all my life to put Jesus first, but that doesn't work because that separates him out from everything else. Live as if Jesus was not first on your list, but that he was the center of your world. To order this two-disc Meant to Be teaching series today, visit us online at stephenfurtick.com or call us at the number on your screen and learn about the blessing God ultimately wants to give us through our relationships. Thank you for tuning in to the Elevation Experience. girlfriend, so chill out. I'm not asking you to break up with somebody today. I'm talking about breaking up with comfortable Christianity.
on here. Come on, Calvin. Come on, Ramon. <laughs> oh, come on, Sherry. I see you up there.
mighty sweet, mighty sweet, mighty sweet, sister Virginia Clay. Come on, Frank, let me see you move, Frank. <laughs> you don't mind humming with me? Let's hum again.
Sharakasa, Yarambose, Shirakonde, Rakonde, 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 Rakonde,
Yes, Father, we praise you, Yada. I'm boasting and let the word of God come forth. Let the word of God come forth, Father. Shende the coste que head. Yes, 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 yes. That the coste the ganda, the coste the ganda, the coste the ganda, the coste the ganda. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Father God. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. Thank you, release. Release. Thank you, Father God, release. Thank you, Daddy God, release. Thank you, Daddy God, release. Release, Lord. Release, Yes, yes, yes. The power of God is in in. Let the anointing of God come forth. Ooh, yes, Lord. Speak to our hearts. Mm. Move in our situations and circumstances. Mm. Yes, Daddy God. Mm. Yes, Daddy God. 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 Yes, Daddy Harambeshe, Father God. Mm. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Father. Yambo Yes, we had a
Yes, 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 Father. Help us to walk according to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Father God, we are seeking your anointing. We're seeking your direction. We're seeking you, Lord. Help us to walk according to you, Father God. Not according to our whims, our desires, but according to your word. Holy Spirit, move. Move, run to go say she she go say move, run to go say she she go say she move. Car run to go say she she go move, run to go say she go say she move. Oh, shalakanda ka. Move, Lord. Direct our steps. Order our ways. Guide, lead, direct. Move, Father. Mm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, Father God. We praise your name, Daddy God. Holy Spirit is you. It's because of you. It's because of you. Because of you, Daddy God, let the word of God go forth, let the anointing of Christ increase, strengthen, guide, direct, lead us down the pathways that you want us to walk, open up our hearts to receive those things that you want us to have. All because of you, your grace, your mercy, your favor, Father. All because of you, Lord. Nothing that we could have done on our own. All because of you. Thank you, Daddy God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, anybody on the line that want to speak right now? Y'all be on there hiding out, so I I, I know what y'all do. That's what I kind of thought. I got you. I got you, Bubba.
try this again. Let me start with the list now. Uh, what did I do with them? Let me find these last.
Never knew the pain. Never knew the pain. Yeah. 
Harashiaka, Shirakose, Shirakose, Kata, Shakara. Courtney Collin Brandon. Hushiva Fisher, the 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 Saraka. Hushiva Fisher, the Fisher, the Fisher, the Fisher, the Fisher, the Saraka. Haradaka. Sakara. Nick Brandon, Holly Samantha. Hushiva Fisher, the Fisher, the Fisher, the Fisher, the Fisher, the Fisher, the Saraka. Hushiva Fisher, the Fisher, the Fisher, the Fisher, the Fisher, the Saraka. Hakara Saraga, Saraga Saraga, Saraga Saraga, Hakara Saraga, Saraga Saraga, Saraga Saraga, Saraga Saraga, Hakara Saka, Sakara. Marissa Mars and Maya. Hashi to go fishing, the 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 fishing, Nick Brandon, Holly Samantha, Marissa Demar, Samaya, Sean and Stephen, Hushiba Charles Briggs, so she go say 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 Hushi to go fishing, 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 go fishing,
Wayne Bridges, hundred again to the gun 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 to the
Alan Reeve and Gabby, hundred going to the gander 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 going to ま、テナ。シルクランドゴシシルゴシシルゴシシルゴシシルゴシシルゴランドゴサカ。ランドゴシシルゴシシルゴシシルゴシシルゴシシルゴシシルゴシシルゴシシルゴシシルゴシシル
New Legacy Academy. Push it, go fish, go fish, go fish, go fish, go fish. Dante, Levi Brewer, hundred going to the gander, 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 Thomas Lawrence, going to the gander, 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 and everybody else in the back of the list. Sushi to go 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 sushi And that's my three lists. All right, anybody want to do any of the other ones? The seats in hospice, sick and shut in, abuse and addiction. Um, speak up and forever hold your peace. Going once. Going twice. Okay, congregation churches. Shanda to go into the ganda 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 to go Abuse and addiction. Shit, shit, go, shit, shit, go, shit, shit, go, shit, shit, go, Unsafe, who should go say, 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 should Unsaved, you know, she go say, 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 go say, Alright, I think pressure the minute families, unsaved, congregation church, prison of missionaries, abuse addiction, deceased in hospice, and that might get that. Okay. Walking in the realm of the supernatural, who should go say, 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 should go Knowledge, wisdom, understanding. Hundred to go into the go into the go into that. Should go say, 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 should Peace that surpasses all understanding. Who should go say, 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 Push 
Uh, what else we got? Growth from our gifts and our fruits. Now it's going to understand the financial breakthroughs and turnarounds. I know they're going to do the gun, 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 they're going to do the shooter, go say, shooter, go say. Harande, go say, shooter, go say, shooter, go say, I got. Oh, God. What else we got? Discernment, knowledge, wisdom, understanding. I don't know to go shit, 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 Walking around with a supernatural, shit, 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 What else we got? Um... Health, healing, and restoration. Shana, the gun, 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 the Uh, don't be coming on now when I'm done with all of this. I don't even want to hear it. No, I, I was on while you were praying. And, um, Put a list so I don't want to hear it. You know what? Between you, Erica Kane, Pamela, what's the last name? What's Pamela's last name? Mm, Pamela, Pamela Scott, Scotty. Yep. Isn't that cute? T-T-I-E or T-T-Y? T-T-I. Oh, T-T-I. Oh, she's grand. Between you, Erica, Erica King Willa King, Maria Mathis or Felicia, whatever her last name is, and was sending me all them little messages and stuff yesterday. You sound like you're in a mood, sir. Well, the only thing I can say to you, the the three or four yous I just named, is Mm -hmm. that Maria Mathis sink for whoever she is. (laughs) I hope y'all go and and, and, and eat eat something, and it make y'all stomachs just start rumbling. Mm-hmm. Now, isn't that special? Oh, uh Let me do these last two lists, sir, and then we can move ahead. Yeah, I got health, healing, and restoration. Renewing our youth. Renewing our strength. I mean, renewing our mind. And we're praying for our youth. And that should do it. You want to go ahead and set out a prayer, sir? Because it's about time for the read. I'm going to send out a text while you pray. Yes, 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 yes. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, it's always a privilege and an honor to yield ourselves, Lord, and give our lives over to you. For you are the author and the finisher of our faith, Lord God. You are you are the head and, and of our lives, Lord God. You are above us, Lord God. You are in us. You are living through us, Lord. Father God, we thank you for our sleep last night. We thank you, O oh God, that you waited us, Lord God, to see another day. We thank you, Lord God, that you woke us up with the activity of our limbs, with our minds fixed and stayed on you, even as we kneel 
yield and yield and, and before your throne of grace and mercy enter into the holy of holiest rooms, Lord God, on our private time, Lord God, we praise you for all the things that you have done for us, Lord God. For you have kept us, you have never left us, Lord God. You would never leave us alone, and for that we want to say thank you, Lord God. Though our trials may be many, Lord God, you have made our burdens light. Each and every day, Lord God, we can look to the hills for which cometh our help, because our help comes from you and you only, Lord God. It's not our jobs, it's not our family, it's not the government, Lord God, but it's you who keeps us safe in your arms, Lord God. Continue to work on mighty work within us, Lord God. Continue to prune us, Lord God. That is to cut away those things that is not of you, Lord God. Continue to just work on us and build us up, Lord God. Father God, for our faith looks up to you. Even in our moments of despair, Lord God, you are the lifter of our head. Even on our sick beds, Lord God, you are our healer, for your word teaches us by your stripes, by the stripes of Jesus, the ones that he took before he took on Calvary cross for us. He who knew no sins, Lord God, took on my sins of the world, Lord God, and by his stripes we are healed, Lord God. We thank you for keeping our families safe and from all hurt, harm, and danger. We thank you, Lord God, that you kept the death angels from around our bedposts, Lord God. They recognize the blood, the lamb's blood on our lintels of our doorposts, Lord God. So he passed by, Lord God, and did not suffer our families to be bereaved, Lord God, this morning. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for this man of God who is standing in the gap and praying for many people, Lord God. He just did a list that is so long, Lord God, and remembered every name that was on his prayer list. And we thank you, Lord God, for the memory, Lord God. We thank you for his due diligence and his faith, Lord God, to stand in the gap and pray for those, Lord God, whose name is on the prayer list, even those who know not that he's praying for them. Lord God, people such as churches and congregations, missionaries and ministers and preachers and those who are in jail, those who in those who are on their sick beds, Lord God, so many people he's just standing there gap and praying for him, Lord God, and we ask you to count that as a crown of wisdom, Lord God, as a, as righteousness unto him, Lord God. Let those prayers that he sent out for others, Lord God, go out and do what he has prayed for them to do, Lord God, and even in his prayers, Lord God, let him return back into his heart, Lord God, that it will be a blessing upon to him and his family. Lord God, continue to watch over him and strengthen him and everyone that will come on this call, let them be blessed. Let their lives be changed. Let them be strengthened. Let them that let the prayers and the worship and the praise, Lord God, water the roots of their lives, Lord God, so they can grow more and more in you, Lord God. Continue to keep our eyes stayed on you, for you are the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. There's none like you. There's no one greater than you, Lord God. So we just yield ourselves to you, Lord God. And we ask, Lord God, that our desires will line up with your will for our for our lives, Lord God. And that we can walk in the fullness of the pleasures, Lord God, that only you can give. Make our crooked places straight, Lord God, and make the narrow path wide, Lord God, so that we can walk in righteousness, Lord God. Forgive us for the many shortcomings that we have done, Lord God, those that we've done knowingly as well as those we have done unknowingly, Lord God. Even as I slept, I, we slept, Lord, our minds might have wandered off the holiness of your of from around your mountains, Lord God. But we ask you to forgive us, Lord God, for any error that we have fallen short of your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name I pray. Father God, I even continue to lift up those who are, who are, are, are lost, Lord God, those who have not yet confessed. 
confess Jesus as the Lord and Savior, Lord God, that their minds would turn over, Lord God, and they would develop a desire, Lord God, to seek your face and your presence. For your word would not return to you void. For your word has already been penned, Lord. It has been penned in your word, Lord God, that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, Lord God. So let us do it while we have breath on this side, Lord God. Let us walk in and confess the name of Jesus, Lord God, and live holy and righteousness unto you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, amen, and amen. All right. I'm going to do this juice, and then I'm going to do the reading. How about that? That's all right with you, Mr. Richardson? Yes, sir, Mr. Farley. I gotta make sure, because if it ain't alright with you, then we gotta make adjustments. Let me shoot my eyes so I can get my vision back. You said what? You said what about your vision? I'm trying to I'm trying to follow these doctors' orders and use the medicine. Like I supposed to, so I get my vision back. They gave me some daytime medicine, some that I'm supposed to use at night. It seems that I never could get the eye drops in at night. <laughs> so the eyes is taking a long time trying to heal. Wow. I got my apples. Wiping a school leaf out of her eyes. 
take a seat with Rumi so she can come into the call with, with a fresh presence. You said what? About it. What'd you say? I said that maybe she's grooming so she can come over uh-huh. with a refreshed present. Present. Uh-huh. Gotcha, sir. Yeah. Gotcha, sir. What about Mrs. Willa or Mrs. Felicia? What's her last name? Long or brown or what? Long, <laughs> long, short. I sent them texts. I don't know where they at. I, I'm going to read. Don't nobody say nothing. I hang up. That's real easy. <laughs> well, I'm here, fella. So if you hang up in my face, I promise you I, got, I, I got some choice words from you. You know I would never do that to you, Mr. Richardson. Well, y'all need to try and send y'all alma mater at least a $10 or something. They got to try and have a million dollars by the end of the month so they can they can keep the institution open. Come on, Stillman? Um, yes. They are getting ready to close the, the Ivy Halls of Stillman College. Really? Yep, because that last president, he took them down through there. Mm. Man, they messed up the finances, and you know they're not bringing in the monies that used to be brought in when James Arthur was there. Mm. He'll bring in $8 million a year. And um, when they create that football team and the band and all that and stuff like that, the president just misused the monies. And then, you know, they have started the um, – Light of skin brothers and sisters have used uh, basically affirmative action type thing that I'm going to start attending Stillman now, and I'm going as a minority, mm-hmm. which means they went to school without paying for their education. Now they have no money because they wasn't collecting money, and so they had to honor those who were coming in using that minority um, thing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how we can't go to Harvard or Princeton or Yale or any of these other schools or Berkeley uh, and use that car, but um, well, they can. So they have started using the HBCUs to go and get their education for free. So in other words, you're telling me I need to put Stillman on the list, huh? Yes, Lord God, you need to you need to lift them up now, not tomorrow, not next week, but now. Sir, I got you, sir. All right, sir. I'm gonna do that, sir. You ready, sir? I'm ready. I'm standing in the gap with you, brother. All right, Father God, let me pray for Stillman College. Shanda to go say she to go say she to go say she to go run to go there to go and go. Hmm. Hmm. to go say there. Yes, 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 Father. Harambore shere de kosa ka Harambosi de kete de kaka hanyere de ke Thank you daddy God Handrosi de kasa da Holy Spirit we praise your name yere de kumbosa Shere de kose shere de kosa rande de kose shere de kose shere de kosa rande de kose shere de kosa Ha yere bose shendasa 
Thank you, Father. Yes, Father, we praise your name. Yarogosa, Kandese, Saraka. Amen. Amen. Okay. The fire of God's love. So yesterday we talked about Jesus' love for um for us. Today we're going to talk about Jesus' love for the Father. The mutual passion that exists within the Godhead is so intense that Jesus was willing to pay any price in order to fulfill the request of his Father. The death and the cross was the Father's will, and so Jesus offered to his Father these great words of love before his arrest. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will, Matthew 26 and 39. Jesus was basically saying, I love you so much, my Father, I'll do anything for you. In Gethsemane, Jesus established with finality his willingness to go to Calvary because of his passion for the Father. Gethsemane had nothing to do with the devil. The devil had long since given up trying to entice Jesus. All he could do now was to try to kill him. Gethsemane had nothing to do with overcoming temptation. It had to do with the love of the Lamb for the Father as he embraced his Father's will. Gethsemane was an exchange of love at its deepest levels. To endure the horror of God's wrath, Jesus had to have a high degree of mental focus while impaled to the cross. Mm. Wow. Okay, so now look. He had to have a high degree of mental focus, a high degree of spiritual focus. To endure the horror of God's wrath, Jesus had to have a high degree of mental focus while impaled to the cross. To the end, his focus was upon the one person, the Father. This is seen in the three statements he directed exclusively to his Father during his crucifixion. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Luke 23 and 34. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Matthew 27 and 46. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, Luke 24, 23 and 46. It is almost inconceivable that in the face of the pain Jesus suffered on the cross and the fact that he had the power at his immediate disposal to be released from the cross in an instant, he chose to stay on the cross in an incomprehensible agony. There can be only one reason for such focus, for such toleration of suffering. Jesus was willing to endure the pain of Calvary because there was something to be gained that was greater than the pain. Who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross? Hebrews 12 and 2. What joyful thing did he look forward to which enabled him to endure the cross? Someone might suggest it was a bride. Jesus was looking forward to the joy of redeeming a wife to himself. As part answer is partly true, but it's not the primary joy that was set before the Lord. Above all else, Jesus looked ahead to the joy of receiving his Father's affirmation, the explosive, extravagant delight the Father would abundantly lavish upon him in glory. The greatest joy he could know would be to hear his Father say, Well done, my son. I am well pleased with you. You have done my will. The joy of his Father's approving embrace was for our Lord Jesus worth all the pain of the cross. Jesus had the power to come off the cross, and we too have the power to come down off our own cross. Mm. What is it that will keep us impelled to the crucified life? Nothing short of overflowing love for the Son of God and a passion for the love which he is capable of bestowing. If we truly value the honor that comes from God, 
we would chase after the crucified life. It is the pathway to receiving his delight. In his heart, Jesus was saying, Father, I love you so much that if going to the cross pleases your heart, I'll do it. I'll do anything to please you. That, that, thus, the cross is passion to display the Son's love for the Father. The cross cries out, anything for love. Y'all want me to stop? You want me to keep reading? I'll keep reading. The third greatest love the cross displays is the love of the Father for the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his life, gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, John 3.16. If you want to know what God's love for you is like, behold the cross. The cross is the Father's way of saying to the world, this is how much I love you. It's easy for us to suppose that God must hate the world, but to the contrary, he has great passion for the world. It's true that God hates the world system, but he desperately loves the people of the world. The intensity of God's love for the world is better appreciated when we consider God's vehement love for his son. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. To use human terminology, the father is a head over heels crazy over his son. To God, his son is in a league of all his own. The father has many mighty and holy attendants in his heavenly courts, but none enjoys the status and privilege of the son. He makes above the entire created order. Up here. Uh, he ranks above the entire created order and is a recipient of the Father's most exclusive and eternal affection. There has never been nor ever will be a force greater than the love which draws the heart of the Father into the heart of the Son. So, in light of the Father's fiery love for his Son, we must ask the question, what will cause a Father who loves his only begotten Son so intensely to crucify his Son and then pour the full punishment for mankind's sin upon him? It seems incredulous, almost preposterous. Anyway, whatever the word is. That God would turn on his own son, the object of his most intense affections, and consign him to a vicious and torturous death. Unthinkable. And yet it happened. Why, the angels asked, for what reason is the father doing this to his only begotten? The heavenly hosts ask each other. The astounding answer is found in these simple words. For God so loved the world. He loved you and me so much that he nailed his precious son to a tree, beaten and scourged, and then lacerated him with his own infinite wrath against sin. The implications of the suffering of the Father's wrath against sin are so horrific that no one but God himself could bear such agony. No one has suffered, dear friends, as much as God has. All this pain because he loved oh Shakara because he loves you so very much. The cross was the best way the Father knew to express the world, express to the world how much he loves you. To endure the suffering of his son and to pour out his own wrath upon him upon the vows until the vow was empty, the Father had to focus. What was the thing upon which the Father focused that enabled him to endure throughout the suffering of his son? The Father's focus was on us. Through every excruciating moment, the Father kept reminding himself, we must pay the full price for their redemption because I love them so much. The Father's focus during Calvary's horror was on us. God gave us a picture of what this was like for him when he asked Abraham to kill his only son, Isaac. We're able to imagine what it must have been like for Abraham to lift a knife above his son's body. The only son his wife, Sarah, had born to him in their old age. A knife was cutting through his own soul as he prepared the blade to plunge a blade through Isaac's heart. 
God asked Abraham to do this that we might hear the Father's heartbeat. This image gives you a glimpse into what it was like for me to kill my only begotten son. Hmm. Such pain is endured only when there is something to be gained that is greater than the pain. What in the eyes of the Father was to be gained was was worth such pain. It was the bride that he would present to his son. I can imagine the father thinking, son, hang in there. Hold on just a longer. Drink the cup all the way to the bottom because it will be well worth it. I'm telling you, son, I'm preparing a bride for you. So will she will be so beautiful. Oh, you will love her so much. She will understand you. You'll be able to relate to her. She will be a co-equal partner with you. She'll be compatible with you in every way, and she will be like you. What's more, she will love you with the same love which I love you. Oh, yes, my son, this bride will capture your heart. She will be worth these few brief hours of pain. You must persevere to the death. The father could endure Calvary because he saw a bride for his son. (laughs) You see, the father is so crazy about his son. He is in the business of preparing so much glory as he possibly can for his son. He is so ardently committed to garnishing lavish affection for the son of his love. During the son's suffering, the father saw the love that will be cultivated within the heart of the bride for his son. That's all the father wants, to see love poured on his son. This is the father's creative search, to find increasingly glorious ways for his son to receive the love and adoration that is due him. The father looked ahead and said, Son, believe me, it will be worth it. Not only will she move your heart with her beauty, but she will love you. She will love you with an eternal love. Trust me, son, it will be worth it. The cross extravagantly cries anything for love. The great issue for mankind is this. Will you love him? It's not simply will you believe him, because even the demons believe and tremble. The haunting question of all time continues to be the one that Jesus presents to Simon Peter after Peter had denied him. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? This is a great soul-searching question that each one of us must answer. Jesus didn't die so that people would dissect and analyze the benefits of the gospel and then based on on their assessment of the data make a rational choice to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. No, he died for much more than that. He died for your love. He would never be satisfied with anything less than your free will. No non-coerced, voluntary affections and desires. All righty. The mutual passion that exists within the Godhead is so intense that Jesus will and pay any price in order to fill the quest of his Father. The death of the cross was the Father's will. And so Jesus offered to his father these great words of love before his arrest. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Matthew 26 and 39. Jesus was basically saying, I love you so much, my father, I'll do anything for you. In Gethsemane, Jesus established with finality his willingness to go to Calvary because of his passion for the father. Gethsemane had nothing to do with the devil. The devil had long since given up trying to entice Jesus. All he could do now was try to kill him. Gethsemane had nothing to do with overcoming temptation. It had to do with the love of the Lamb for the Father as he embraced the Father's will. Gethsemane was an exchange of love at its deepest levels. 
to endure the horror of God's wrath, Jesus had to have a high degree of mental focus while impaled to the cross. To the end, his focus was upon one person, the Father. This is seen in the three statements he directed exclusively. He, this is seen in the three statements he directed exclusively to his Father during his crucifixion. So we got Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And three times he went to his father, if there's any other way, will you take this cup from me? And there was no other way. And Jesus came out each and every time saying, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. This is not something that I want to do, but I love you and I want to be obedient and I understand what it's all about. So I will walk this path as you've called me to walk. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as I I will. So the three statements he says upon the cross are this. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Luke 23 and 34. My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Matthew 27 and 46. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Luke 23 and 46. So those are three statements that Jesus said on the cross regarding his relationship with his father. It's almost inconceivable that in the face of pain Jesus suffered on the cross and the fact that he had at the powers of media disposal to be released from the cross in an instant, he chose to stay on the cross in incomprehensible anger, agony. There can be only one reason for such focus, for such toleration of suffering. Jesus was willing to endure the pain of Calvary because there was something to be gained that was greater than the pain. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross? Hebrews 12 and 2. 12 and 2. What joyful thing did he look forward to which enabled him to endure the cross? Someone might suggest it was a bride. Jesus was looking forward to the joy of redeeming a wife to himself. This answer is partly true, but it's not the primary joy that was set before the Lord. Above all else, Jesus looked ahead to the joy of receiving his father's affirmation, the explosive, extravagant delight the father would abundantly lavish upon him in glory. The greatest joy he could know would be to hear his father say, Well done, my son. I'm well pleased with you. You have done my will. So I was reading this, and I know what stuck out to me. He said here, the pain of Calvary. There can be only one reason for such focus, such toleration of suffering. Jesus was willing to endure the pain of Calvary because there was something to be gained that was greater than the pain. That's, I say that all the time and, and, and get that. Whatever it is has to be greater than the pain that you're enduring. That's the only thing that will allow you to keep pressing on. Whatever it is that you're trying to do, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, it has to be greater than the pain because if not, you're going to stop, you're going to turn around, and you're going to go back home or just whatever it is. So that, that's the key in all our victories. If whatever it is is not greater than the pain, if your desire to accomplish whatever it is you're trying to do, whatever that desire might be, if your desire to accomplish something is not greater than the pain that you're enduring through the process, you will stop. The joy of his father approved and embraced was for our Lord Jesus was worth all the pain in the cross. Jesus had the power to come off the cross, and we too have the power to come down off our own cross. Now, that is so key because we talk about it all the time on the line, a choice. I say all the time, I got a choice, but I ain't got no choice. You too have choices about your situations and circumstances. What are you going to choose? 
I don't, I mean, you make choices about your job. I don't feel like going. Well, you don't feel like getting paid. You feel like losing your job. Okay, I get up and go. So we all have choices. So our, our spiritual choices are different, though. What are we enduring that God wants us to endure? What are we going through that God wants us to go through? What are we? What path are we walking that God wants us to walk? That we truly, honestly, I don't really want to do it, but I want to be obedient. I want to be faithful. I want to be a good steward. So whatever path that's in front of you is your cross that God has you to bear for this time and this moment. Are you willing to bear that cross? Because you can easily say, I wake up in the morning. I struggle to get up in the morning. I can easily lay back down and say, you know what? Not today. And there are times that that happens. It's been a long time, so maybe I'm due. But, again, this is a cross that God has placed in front of me to bear. So I get up and I do it. I, I see what's in front of me, and I just get up and begin to do it. This is just one of many, so, I mean, I'm just talking. But, again, for his divine purposes, for his covenant relationship, he says, Sam, do this, so I get up. That's my cross. I can make a choice not to do this. And you all be sitting up here listening to the line. Beep. It ain't going to be no music playing. But just as I choose to bear my cross, you two have your own crosses to bear. You all get. You all choose to get up and listen. You don't have to do that. I sent out a text about 20, 30 people. How many people actually take the time to listen? I understand that things that happen work. How many people actually take? They'll turn on a radio. But will they turn this on Why they could be listening and it's something to prick their spirit? They won't do it. It's just a choice. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not down, I'm not degrading none of that. Whatever. I, I told you all before, when I first used to call everybody, I had like 20, 30 people I would call. When I said, you all call in, it went down about six or seven. They didn't want to bear the cross. I'm not mad. I bared the cross at that point in time when I had to call him. That's the way that God had me to do it. And at that point in time, he was developing in me patience and other things as well. I bore that cross. But when God said, okay, son, I want you to do it a different way. Oh, I didn't chase him down. It was time for me to let that go. Then it was time for them to bear their own cross. And they don't do it. People make these decisions every day, people. That's why in the word of God, he says, one out of, four, one out of my four children will actually bear fruit. Okay, I'm, I'm just keep reading this because y'all don't want to hear that. In his heart, Jesus, okay, Jesus had the power to come off his cross, and we too have the power to come down off our own cross. What is it that will keep us impelled to the crucified life? Nothing short of overflowing love for the Son of God and a passion for the love which, is, which he is capable of bestowing. If we truly value the honor that comes from God, we will chase after the crucified life. It is a pathway to receiving his delight. In his heart, Jesus was saying, Father, I love you so much that if going to the cross pleases your heart, I'll do it. I'll do anything to please you. Thus, the cross is a passionate display of the Son's love for the Father. The cross cries out, anything for love. And what's key, if you caught it, he said, nothing short of overflowing love for the Son of God and the passion for the love which is cap which He is capable of bestowing. See, when you make a choice, then He'll give you the grace to do what you need to do. Okay, Lord, I'm going to do this call. Give me a minute. Then He says, okay. Then He'll start giving me power. He'll start giving me direction. If I lay in the bed, then He ain't going to get to me. 
once you make a decision to walk and do that which God calls you to do, then he'll bestow that what you need. Not before. Seldom. He might, but most of the time, no. That faith without works is dead. See, that means faith is moving. It's something you got to get up and do. It's not just laying there and waiting on God. It's not going to happen that way. So as you begin to move, as you begin to walk in the direction that God has called you to walk in, then he'll begin to give you that which you need in order to be able to achieve victory in whatever arena that you're walking in. The third great love that the cross displays is the love of the Father for the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life, John 3.16. If you want to know what God's love for you is like, behold the cross. The cross is the Father saying to the world, this is how much I love you. It is easy for us to suppose that God must hate the world, but to the contrary, he has great passion for the world. It's true that God hates the world's system, but he desperately loves the people of the world. The intensity of God's love for the world is better appreciated when you consider God's vehement love for his son. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. To use human terminology, the father's head over heels crazy over his son. To God, his son is in the league of all his own. The father has many mighty and holy attendants in his heavenly course, but none enjoys the status and privilege of the son. He ranks above the entire created order and is the recipient of the father's most exclusive and eternal affections. There's never been nor ever will be a force greater than the love which the Father draws the heart of the Father into the heart of the Son. So, in the light of the Father's love for the and Father's fiery love for the Son, we must ask the question, what would cause the Father who loves his only begotten Son so intensely to crucify his Son and then pour the full, full punishment for mankind's sin upon him? That's powerful. He's breaking down the relationship of the father and the son, the triune God, and how much the father has love for the son and the, love, and the son has love for the father. So we can imagine that on earthly terms when we're in our families. Oh, they might make us mad. Oh, they might piss us off, but we still go and do that which we, ah, come here, let me do it anyway, because we love them. You know, they might say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, but you still love them anyway. We're talking about our family. Man and wife, children, especially when it comes to children, parents, those who have parents, you'll reach over backwards and do something when you know you want to slap the crap out of them because it made you mad, but you still love them. Or even when you discipline them, you discipline them because you love them. So think about that love that you have for your child, that love you have for your parents, that love you have for your husband, your wife, your children, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. Think about that love. So now I need you to take up that love and then intensify it. I don't know how many folds you need to do that, but it's much more greater the, father, the, love, the love the father has for the son and the love the son has for the father. So you take all of that and think about that and then put it in here that I'm going to take this person that I love and let him die for somebody else. That just puts it in a whole other perspective. We wouldn't sacrifice our children on behalf of somebody else. Sometimes we want to sacrifice our children because they pissed us off. But I'm going to take this, this person that I love, my husband, my wife, my, my daughter, my son, and I'm going to let them die in place for somebody else. No, we wouldn't do that. But that's what the Father did for us. 
It seems incredulous, almost preposterous, that God would turn on his son, the object of his most intimate affections, and consign him to a vicious and torturous death. Unthinkable, and yet it happened. Why, the angels asked. Because remember, the angels were trying to figure out why are we so special. The angels were like, you know what, what's up, what's up with that? Okay, why, you know, we're a little lower than angels. What, what, what's up with that? No, we're a little higher than angels. So, they, they, you know, why, 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 what's with this creation thing? For what reason is the Father doing this to his only begotten? The heavenly hosts ask each other. The astounding answer is found in these simple words. For God so loved the world. Mm. He loved you and me so much that he nailed his precious son to a tree, beaten and scourged, and then lacerated him with his own infinite wrath against sin. The implications of the suffering of the Father's wrath against sin are so horrific that no one but God himself could bear such agony. No one suffered, dear friends, as much as God has. All this pain because he loves you so very much. The cross was the best way the Father knew to express to the world how much he loves us. To endure the suffering of his son and to pour out his wrath upon him until the vow was empty. The Father had to have focus. What was the thing upon which the Father focused that enabled him to endure throughout the suffering of his son? The Father's focus was on us. Through every excruciating moment, the Father kept reminding himself, we must pay the full price for their redemption because I love them so very much. The Father's focus during Calvary, Horace, was on us. I can't remember the specific term, but remember during that process, Jesus cried out, my God, my God, where, why have you forsaken me? In other words, God couldn't look at it anymore. God, this is my son. I can't watch this. Some of us might have our children going to surgery. I can't watch this. I see if somebody go, I love them, and they're going through some hard things. I can't watch this. I can't be there because I love them, and I don't want to see them suffer. I don't want to see them endure. And not only are they enduring, they're enduring on behalf of somebody else, somebody else who doesn't deserve it. But just as I love my son, I love them. And I'm going to let my son suffer on behalf of them. I'm done. I can't watch anymore. I've watched it. I've done everything. The father, too, had to walk away because he loved us. God gave us a picture of what this was like for him when he asked Abraham to kill his only son, Isaac. We're able to imagine what it must have been like for the father, Abraham, to lift the knife above his son's body. The only son his wife, Sarah, had born to them in their old age. The knife was cutting through his own soul to be prepared to plunge the blade through Isaac's heart. God asked Abraham to do this so we might hear the father's heartbeat. This imagine you giving a glimpse this imagine gives you a glimpse into what it's like for me to kill my only begotten son. Such pain is endured only when there is something to be gained that is greater than the pain. What in the eyes of the father was to be gained that was worth such pain? It was the bride that he would present to his son. I can imagine the father saying, Son, hang in there. Hold on for just a little longer. 
Drink the cup all the way to the bottom because it will be well worth it. I'm telling you, son, I'm preparing a bride for you. She will be so beautiful, and you will love her so much. She will understand you, and you will be able to relate to her. She will be a co-equal partner with you. you. She will be compatible with you in every way, and she will be like you. What's more, she will love you with the same love which I love you. Oh, yes, my son, the bride will enrapture your heart. She will be worth those few brief hours of pain. You must persevere to this death. Mm. Wow. Hold on, son. Come on, son. I'm rooting for you, son. She's going to be worth it. Trust me, son. It's going to be worth it. I know you're going through great pain right now. Just hold on, son. Don't let it go. Finish this to the end. Don't stop halfway down. It'll be well worth it. The father could endure Calvary because he saw a bride for his son. You see, the father is so crazy about his son that he is in the business of preparing so much glory in her, in him. He is in the business of preparing as much glory as he possibly can for his son. He is ardently committed to garnering lavish affection for the son of his love. During his son's suffering, the father saw the love that would be cultivated within the heart of the bride for his son. That's all the father wants, to see love poured out on the son. This is the father's creative words to find increasingly glorious ways for the son to receive the love and adoration due him. The father looked ahead and said, Son, believe me, it'd be well worth it. Not only will she move your heart with her beauty, but oh, she will love you. She will love you with an eternal love. Trust me, son, it will be worth it. The cross extravagantly cries anything for love. The great issue for mankind is this, will you love him? It's not simply will you believe him. Because even the demons believe and tremble. The haunting question of all time continues to be the one that Jesus posed to Simon Peter after Peter denied him. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? This is the great soul-searching question that each of us must answer. Jesus didn't die so that people could dissect and analyze the benefits of the gospel. And then based on their assessment of the data, make a rational choice to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. No, he died for so much more than that. He died for your love. He will never be satisfied with anything less than your free will, non-coerced, voluntary affections and desires. And that is the end of our story, our lesson. Let's see. Mm-hmm. I thought that the, I got to find it in the Bible. I'm trying to find it. I thought that the Lord said he created us a little lower than the angels and not the angels a little lower than us. I did, I, I did say that. I said that. Um, I said it wrong and I came back. Yeah, we're a little higher than the angels. I thought we was a little lower than the angels. Okay, you know what? Okay, I may. I'm, okay. Yeah, find that out because I, I, I might have it backwards. Yeah. I know we can. God, though. Yeah. We're considered sons of God. Yes. And so are they. And they're in the heavenly bodies. Right. But we were given dominion over everything over the earth. He created us a little lower than the angels, just a little bit. I'm going to find that so we won't be misconstrued on that idea. But everything else is, and you know what? Like he said, we 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 can we can we we have the we have the um if it's our desire 
we we can um take up our we can uh, uh, abandon our cross, but we stick and stay. I'm getting a call. I'll be right back on. Okay. No problem. That was still a powerful reading, though. Yep, yep, yep. Gives you something to think about. Put things in a whole nother perspective. To save the meat. Got some comments on it, dear? You mean other than that, it was powerful? I'm still soaking it in. Basically. Yeah. It's, It's very daunting when you think about what he you know, what he suffered for us. He willingly suffered. And I like the way he put it in perspective of how God, the relationship between the father and the son, and that his love for us allowed him to, you know, do that to his son. That That's the way he broke that down was like, wow. Yeah. Oh, yo, would you do that child or with your loved one? Okay, you went in and out. What did you say again? I said, would you do that with your loved one for somebody else, your child or your loved one with somebody else? No, I doubt it. I doubt it, too. Now, would you do that to to a loved one for your child? Yeah. But would you do that for a loved one with your child? No. Mm. Mm. In other words, you're saying... Take somebody out to protect my child, but I would not sacrifice my child on behalf of somebody else. Right. Yeah. And that's me speaking, having had no children. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's a profound thought, Miss Scotty. But it, I mean, but it's an honest thought. Hey, I mean, it's easy to come to that conclusion. Oh, hell, I know that guy can get... Okay, is your, is your phone losing power? Might be. I done shifted already, so...
That's not my phone. Huh? I said it's not my phone. Somebody got a window open or something. I don't hear anything else. It wasn't that many people on the call. Mm. Is that better? It's just, you know, sometimes, like, when you were talking, it's like you was, like, real, you were, like, fading in and out, going in and out. Mm-hmm. Like, I would hear, like, maybe every two or three words. Right. Hmm. But very profound, dear, very profound. Yep, gives you food for thought. Oh, yeah, right now it's just uh, me and you on the phone and then Erica's on the computer. Okay. Ooh, that means I might get off early. (laughs) Don't jinx yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll leave that one alone. No, I, that'll turn in a heartbeat. Yeah, okay. Everybody is all of a sudden look at their phone like, ooh, the read. Okay. What was the read about? <laughs> Speaking with one thing about, let me pray for Reba. You still in the hospital? I don't know. Father God, I want to lift up Reba. How do I go? Need to go say she to go say she to go say she to go son run to go say she to go sort of Kandaka. How do I say she to go say she to go say she to go say she to go run to go say she to Kandaka. For Rumbogosi to go say she to go say yes, 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 Father. Yen to go Saka. For Rumbosi to go say she to go say she to go run to go say then. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yen to go so run to go say she to go say. Yes, 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 Father. We praise your name. Continue to move on their behalf. Continue to touch and 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 Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Get off, and it's a Friday too. Hey, oh. you get, you're getting too excited. Stop that. Yeah, 
Yeah, I know. Like I'm gonna do go and do something what? Go to work, really? Okay, let me pray for Erica's crew. Father God, let me lift up Jakir. How are they going to go into the Gandhi 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 to go into the Sakara. Um Thomas Lawrence, she should go say, she should go say, she go say, she go say, she go say, she go say, Wally Horton, Thomas Lawrence, Patricia Arnold, Jakir Ridge, Maria Mathis, she should go Tony Agner, Hashi to go say she to go under the gun to the gun to the gun to the go say she to go say she under the gun to the gun to go say she to go saga, Sakara. Tony Agner and Erica Kang. How did it go to the gun to 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 Might as well go ahead and pray for you, Pamela Scott. Eh? Okay. Ho shiro kombrani to go say shiro go say shiro karani to go say shiro 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 go say shi
Yes, 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 Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Yes, 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 Father. Amen. All right. Who's next? Anybody else want prayer? One, one, two, three. <laughs> I was going to go a little slower than that. You got me joking. You, you, you sing through these prayers like, don't nobody else get on, don't nobody else get on, don't nobody else get on. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Anybody else want prayer going once? Anybody else want prayer going twice? All righty then. Well, somebody pray for me and we can get off the phone. <laughs> Be quick about it. Uh, uh, Father, I come to you this morning to raise up your son, <laughs> Sam, probably the second. <laughs> oh, who has jokes this morning? Thank you, Father. That in the midst of all that he's going through, he can still be funny. Hmm. Father, I, I pray for his health and his wellness, for him, his family, and his household. Father, I pray for his continued strength and obedience, clarity, discernment. Father, I pray that he continues to walk the walk. Although it may be difficult, although he may not want to do so some days, but he does realize that it is all for your good and that you have it worked out, Father. We don't know in advance what is what is coming our way, what you have on the path for us. And a lot of times, if we knew, we would definitely try our best to take a different path. But we do know, Father, that you will be there for us and that you would not bring us to it if you did not have a way to get us through it. And so although this path is long and definitely difficult, it's already been worked out. There is a paved road. He just has to keep trudging along. And he can't see it right now because there's a bend in the road. So he can't... He can't he can't see that light. It's like a, it's like a, a pinhole. It's like a, a glimmer. He knows that there's a light. He's just not close enough to it yet. But he knows that it's there. And until he can truly see that light, he has you as his guide. Thank you, Father, for being his guide. We just ask that you continue to bless this son of yours, Father. And we thank you. We thank you for your unconditional love, your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Amen.
Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the and I'll talk to you later. So, Kidoki, dear. Bye. Hello? Starkey? Who? Is this Pamela Scotty? Oh, hey, Arthur. How you doing? All right, that's all I just asked. I said, was this Scotty? Yep, this is Scotty. Oh, I didn't know your last name, and your friend told me your last name. Yep, actually, uh, people actually call me that, too. Well, you didn't answer me. I did. I could barely hear you. And I think Sam has already hung up. Hello? Why did he hang up? Because the call was over. Because it was okay. only me on the phone and Erica was on the it was on the computer. So there no, weren't hmm? phone call. They had to get Okay, your connection is really bad. That's because I was on speaker. Oh, okay. So I was researching for something for him, and I just got my answer. Oh, okay. Well, there wasn't a lot of people on the call, and um. You were just here at first, huh? You were just here at first, and probably Elka in, in was in the in the listening. And I was trying to research for my soul. He was listening. On it, he said that we was created. We are a little lower than the. We were a little higher than the angels. But I um, found the true, true statement. The right. I was gonna let it know. So we could have that. Right. Okay. So we're actually lower than the angels. Yeah, we are a little lower than the angels. Okay. Okay, I didn't, I didn't hear that. I said I, I'm fixing to read it now so I can make sure. Let me see, 2, 6, and 7. 2, 6, and 7, yeah. It says, but, but one in certain places test, testifying saying that, oh, I can't see any of this. I told y'all I can't see. Oh, it is 2, 6, and 7. Hold on a second. Let me put my flashlight on my phone. Um, he said, but one in one in a certain place testifies saying that what is man that thou thou art mindful of him, 
or the son of man, that thou should um, visit him, thou madest him a little lower than the angel. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thy hand. Yeah, we're a little lower than the angels. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'll forward that to him. Well, so are we ending the call or what? Yes, the call is ended for today. Okay. Thank you. You are so well, welcome. You have a great day. I'm just so glad to know your name and and to know know your number so I can whenever I see that extra number on there. So that, that makes it all worth the while. Okie dokie dear, you have a blessed weekend. Okay, you too, Maggie. Okay. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye bye.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.